If you've ever thought of quilting your own projects but just don't know where to start, I have the perfect first steps for you. I've put together a PDF guide. I call it Three Steps Toward Freehand Freedom. These are the baby steps, but they can help you move past your overwhelm and show you that yes, indeed, freehand quilting can be learned. So if you'd like to snag this PDF, there's a link in the show notes, or if you're an Instagram user, just message me three steps. That's the number three, S-T-E-P-S, and I'll send you that link. Let today be the day you get started. But I'm really excited to get back into the in-person teaching because it's just really lovely to connect with like-minded people. And I think a lot of us um, are craving that connection. Welcome to Measure Twice, Cut Once, the podcast where we hear quilters and other crafter stories and draw encouragement and even life lessons from them. Today's stories will be coming from the other side of the world as I'm joined by Lauren Wright of Molly and Mama. I'm your host, Susan Smith, coming to you from my quilting studio, Stitched by Susan. This is where my long arm Lucy and I spend lots of hours doing freehand edge-to-edge quilting. Now, if you're not a quilter and those terms mean nothing to you, it's basically doodling on the surface of a quilt with a 50-pound writing implement with needle and thread attached and at really high speed. And if you are a machine quilter, I invite you to tune in to the live and unscripted events hosted on my YouTube channel, also called Stitched by Susan. These are streamed live the first and third Friday of every month. And they're interactive because they're live. So you can actually ask questions and get answers about that project while I'm working on it. So be sure and check those out. And another thing that I recently made available to machine quilters is my all over feather class. So quilters from way back will know that feathers are always eye-catching, it seems like, and the all-over meandering ones are no exception. So in this free class, I'll show you how to achieve the graceful sort of flowing feathers that you've always aspired to. From the basic feather shape, even coverage on the quilt, to avoiding awkward corners or customizing the little details, it's all here in the class and I'll walk you through it and demo the quilting step by baby step. So if that interests you, just head to my website and a sign-up form for that class will pop up, and it is entirely free. Today's Pins and Needles is brought to you by The Will and Dave Show. Hi, I'm the Will half of The Will and Dave Show, a short little podcast that myself and the eponymous Dave like to record talking about the things that really matter to us, whether that's social, political, or pop culture. Usually we don't see eye to eye, but more often than not, we can find some common ground in there somewhere. And now, back to pins and needles with a quick tip for all you sharp quilters out there. Every so often on a project that you're quilting, you'll get just the right combination of colors, fabrics, prints that make it really difficult to see your stitching line. This recently happened to me on a quilt that just had multicolors and was kind of a busy print and I just could not see where I was going. So my solution was to get a portable light source and put it off to one side. So I'm working at a long arm and you might be working at a domestic sewing machine. And so the size of light that you need and where you place it will differ. But basically you want the light source instead of shining down on your work to be shining across your work. And what that will do is cause 
where you've stitched to form shadows and that will enable you to see where you're stitching. You know by now that I love my coffee. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash stitched by Susan. There for the price of one delicious coffee, you're able to make a one-time contribution to the show. I thank you so very much for your support and maybe take a moment now to refill your cup as you settle back to enjoy today's interview. My guest today is Lauren Wright of Molly and Mama. Lauren herself says there's a little bit of Molly, her grandmother, and a little bit of Mama, her mother, in her creations. And frankly, I do think their love of beautiful and finely crafted things shines through. So if you love feminine and dainty crafts too, you will really enjoy this glimpse into Lauren's creative space. Welcome Lauren into my studio. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, Susan. I'm really excited to be here. Great. Well, in looking at your profile, I realize Australia is a ginormous place. Whereabouts in it are you? Uh, I live uh, near a town called Toowoomba, and that is near our capital, uh, Brisbane, which is in Queensland, which is on the east coast. So sunny Queensland, it's near the Gold Coast, and um, it's kind of the, the kind of place that you maybe associate with Australia. So it's, you know, warm and sunny and um, yeah, very laid back lifestyle. Well, that sounds very appealing at this moment because I live in the inland northwest of the U.S. and it is fall and it is cold and burr. The sun's not shining much. But anyway, good thing we have our quilts to keep us warm. For sure. So what kind of got you launched into quilting? Is this like a, a hobby that has been passed down in your family or something you picked up or something someone introduced you to? What got you started? Um, I've had in my family lots of um, women in my family have always been crafters and creative and, and enjoyed sewing. So my mum has always made our clothing and um, taught us all the basics of sewing. Uh, and I never really got into quilting uh, until, I guess like many people, until I had children. So after I had my daughter, I wanted a hobby and something that I could work on at home. Uh, and I was so, you know, something that I really wanted to spend time doing. And I, I, the sewing things sort of finished quite quickly. And I thought I'd really like to try some quilting and some other sewing projects. So I got started on those. And as I'm sure most of your audience can appreciate, it kind of gets a bit addictive. So yes, it, it does. kind of stemmed from there and it just kept going. So I do see, though, that you are not primarily quilts or, or that's not all you do at least your your feed on Instagram particularly is just a thing of beauty and maybe tell us a bit about your style and how you how you came by that style did that take you time for that to evolve or were just were those always the colors and feel that you loved um, I think with the quilting, I always have loved the idea of quilts, but then also with a young family and wanting to explore that hobby, I probably didn't have as much time as I thought I did um, to work on full quilts. So it kind of led me to small project sewing. So things that were quilty, but that I could finish a little bit quicker than a full quilt. Um, I've always really loved uh, pastel colours, soft, pretty, sort of dainty things. Um and I think that just sort of comes into my work. So I, right from the beginning, I started working with the lighter, um, 
sweeter kind of colors and prints and um i think that it just became my what's the word um signature really your signature yeah it just by accident my it became my signature it's just what i always love and i think when i i'm offered other fabrics in different colors and i sew with them i enjoy uh, a change of pace so sometimes i'll work with bright colors but i don't when i finish something i don't love it as much as if I'd made it in pastel pretty fabrics. So I'm certainly drawn to the more yeah, delicate, um, pretty things. Well, you've used some great words to describe it. If I hadn't seen the pictures, I would still have a picture of the things that you love. <laughs> um, and you do a fair bit of, you know, you mentioned smaller projects, but also embellishing and kind of personalizing of them and adding just that little special touch to things. Are there some favorite embellishments that you like to use? I just like combining styles and techniques. So I think sometimes when people see a project or a pattern for sale, they'll think, I'd love to make that, but they also think it might be really difficult and it kind of scares people off. So what I like to do is is use a very simple or straightforward technique and then just add those pretty little details and embellishments which just uh, give the project an extra element of, of fun or detail and elevate it a little bit beyond the basics so that people get a real sense of achievement when they've made it. Um, but it also um, is it's just a, you know, a beautiful, simple project that's just been made a little bit more special by combining all of those different techniques. I agree. So a couple of the ones that I saw in recent posts anyway were things like hand quilting in, in colored threads. So it's kind of this contrast piece or little embroidered details and touches. And do you use wool or felt in some of your pieces? I love using 100% merino wool felt in mm-hmm. many of my projects. Of course, you're in Australia. The... Why wouldn't you yeah, have yeah. beautiful wool? That's right. So I feel like the wool felt just adds another element of texture to projects. And I think that's something that people um, mightn't have considered using before, but wool felt's very durable and uh, it's really wonderful to use. So I, I design projects with it on its own. So pin cushions and things are made out of the wool felt, but I also love to use it uh, as an applique material uh, in other projects. So yeah, wool features a lot. Wool felt features a lot in my projects. And like you said, the, um, the other embellishments like the hand quilting uh, and sometimes it can be as simple as just using a variegated thread in different colors that just adds that element of difference and excitement to a project that you wouldn't ordinarily have or um, I'll add little buttons little bows just as we as you said those little extra details yeah and certainly that's a way for a maker to personalize her item um, with the exact little touches that she loves yeah so you mentioned right. pin cushions. What are some other small makes that you design? Uh, well, I love my pin cushions and I have a lovely sewing folder that seems to be very popular. Um, so just an organizational tool. Uh, I've also got little things like cushions. Um, what else? Well, I even have a, a Christmas stocking that's very popular. So things that include also uh, English paper piecing, uh, it's another little extra detail that sort of is included in a lot of my projects as well. So so when you say a sewing folder for organization, organization of like your notes and records of your quilting or organization of a project that you're working on and its pieces and tools? 
So more of a, an organisational project uh, that contains all your notions and tools for your sewing projects. Okay, so something you can carry with you easily when you when you have a little bit of handwork that you want to take along. Definitely. I really love handwork, hand stitching, slow sewing. Uh, I think it's lovely to be able to take those projects with you. Um, like many of your audience, they may have young children um, and often we're ferrying them around to sports and after-school activities and it's so wonderful to be able to spend that time uh, while we're waiting doing some hand stitching and working on little projects. So having a little folder to pop in an embroidery hoop and some floss and scissors, uh, maybe some English paper piecing supplies. I really love to be able to have that uh, material to be able to use, you know, at hand, on hand and on the go. So I love that. And I think never underestimate the power of five minutes of stitching multiplied, you know, 100 or 200 times, right? Very true. So do you do you teach a fair bit too? Or I mean, I know we're kind of in a pandemic and I know Australia has had a lockdown. Is that something you love to do? Maybe is how I should ask it. Um, And have you explored other avenues of teaching besides in person? I um, am a trained primary school teacher, so an elementary school teacher. Okay. So um, I love teaching. That's okay. one of my favourite things to do. Um, and I have taught some classes through local quilt stores um, in the past and obviously in the last year or so that's been a little bit different. But I'm really excited to get back into the in-person teaching because it's just really lovely to connect with like-minded people. And I think a lot of us um, are craving that connection And we don't always have a lot of friends that enjoy the same hobbies that we do. So it is nice to meet those people. And then, as you mentioned, Susan, with things being the way they are, we are looking at online ways of learning as well. So I'm really excited in the future to maybe jump onto that bandwagon and spend a bit of time with people on other uh, online platforms and get to teach them that way too. I haven't got anything uh, organised as yet, but that's certainly something that I'd really love to look into. So. It really has been a wonderful thing, quite honestly, to have that form of connection. You know, I think a generation ago, this pandemic would have been emotionally, I feel like, much, much worse because we wouldn't have had other ways to connect. So anyway, enough talking about the pandemic. We won't go there. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm kind of curious because I quilt for my day job too. And so I always ask other people whose business is in crafting, how do you you know, has your hobby lost any of its joy because it's become your job? And how do you keep that leisure slash hobby slash work balance in your life? I think when it's your job, you certainly can um, lose the balance a little bit and you get um, really quite busy in it. But I think also then, as I mentioned, having a young family, um, kids bring you back to reality and sometimes you can't dedicate the amount of time uh, to the to the work that you would like to or maybe at the time that you would like to in the day. So um, I tend to not aim for a balance but just to be where I need to be when I need to be there. So that's the beauty of being able to work from home and, and to work in a, a job that you absolutely love. But I think being able to... Um, every day is different. So being able to wake up and and one day be working on one thing and then on another day work on something else, it does keep it uh, new and exciting. And so um, I think the joy is still there very often. Um, And certainly sometimes there's the things we have to do that are the mundane business-related things, especially with the financials and that side of stuff that not everybody enjoys. But, um, you know, but they're the things that you just have to do. But I guess 
we get those things out of the way so that we can keep quilting and sewing. <laughs> so, That's right. Yeah. And and you made the obvious discovery early on that if you did smaller projects, they were more um, flexible and could go with you where you went. So I have yet to figure out how to take my 12 foot long arm, you know, in my yes. car when I'm shuttling kids, but you know. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Yes. So... Um, one of the things that, again, I saw on your feed, because I was really scoping out your feed before we <laughs> before that. we got on this call, um, I saw that you have a scrap challenge going on. So I have several questions surrounding that. But first off, do you love doing scrappy things? I do. I do. I, um, I think so many of us will buy collections of fabric or even, you know, a few different prints in a range and we'll use what we need and then the rest goes in a cupboard somewhere or in a box. And um, some of those pieces are pieces we're drawn to and we really love. So I think it's really a beautiful thing to be able to feature those again in some work um, and create smaller projects that we really enjoy, but then we can also use all of those beautiful fabrics that we love. So I'm currently working with a, an online friend that I've met, um, Ali, her business is called Arabesque Scissors. And uh, she and I decided, you know, we're sick of hiding away all our scraps in bins and boxes and we'd like to bring them out and play with them and share those ideas with other people so currently we're running an instagram challenge for the month of october uh, where we're just encouraging people to share what they're making online with their scraps uh, and using our hashtag so that um, everybody can see each other's ideas and get some maybe some new inspiration for things that they can do with their scraps at home Right. So is this, is there a thought that you might do this maybe as an annual event? Have you found it to be, we're about in the middle of October. Has it uh, been really successful? It's been really fun. Um, and it's certainly something we'd love to do again. I know in February we did a sewing space organization challenge. Oh, that's that a good was one. Fantastic. Yeah. So everybody loved that too. So we did talk about bringing that back. Um, and she and I just enjoy working together and we enjoy reaching out to people. As I mentioned before, there's lots of people that don't have uh, friends that live near them that sew and craft and, and are creative. And so places like Instagram can become wonderful communities where you can meet like-minded people and enjoy sharing ideas and inspiration. And so sometimes we've just decided to uh, maybe give that a bit of a name and um, a bit of a plan and so that, you know, we can share those ideas with other people. And, yeah, people are really enjoying it, which is fantastic. I bet they are. I was a wee bit late to the party, but if you do it again, I'll be on board. But For it sure. just, I know that I, like so many other creative people, I just sometimes need that little nudge to get me doing something right. So I love your idea of just forming something as simple as a hashtag that we gather around and we spur each other on to clean the studio, sort the scraps, yeah. whatever yeah. it may be. That's that's really great. Yeah, it's right. fun, straightforward, simple. <laughs> yes, Yes, not not too uh, complicated. It's just yeah. a way to gather around an idea. Yeah, love it. That's right. So do you have any um, kind of s projects that are on the horizon that we ought to be watching out for in the next month or two or three? I certainly do. Thanks for asking. Um, I'm actually planning a, a bit of a pretty little stitches club. I love my pretty stitches. Um, and I know a lot of other people, like I said, like to have projects that are quick finishes. So I've really seen, have seen a need for um, small projects to be shared. Um, people love giving small projects as well. So I thought it would be a lovely idea to bring together 
a bunch of my ideas and um, create a club where I'm um, releasing a small project pattern each month um, to my club members and they'll have an opportunity to learn in my patterns a whole bunch of new skills. So it might be a patchwork project but it might also have applique included or English paper piecing and my uh, projects and patterns seem to be about that, that they don't just uh, cover one technique. So uh, throughout the 12 months there'll be an exposure to a whole range of different techniques um, that will teach everybody new skills and I really love the idea that those new skills can then be passed on and and uh, maybe changed, modified, but then used in other projects. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like the idea of being able to share those skills and I'm enjoying planning and putting together these ideas for the Pretty Stitches Club for next year. It kind of brings whole new meaning to a quilt sampler. Instead of sampler yes. blocks, you have kind of sampler projects. Projects. And- I, speaking for myself, I, I tend to stick with the pretty traditional piecing. And sometimes it can be intimidating to look at things like English paper piecing. If you don't know how to do it, it's completely bewildering. It's a whole different skill set, tool set, etc. So this idea of just dabbling in small things is so appealing. Um, are you offering some type of supply kits as well? Or do you just do stick with a supply list for people? I think at the moment with uh, things being the way that they are and me being based in Australia, right. um, it's a little bit difficult with right. postage and the postal service right now to be coordinating um, kits. But I certainly have you know big dreams and aspirations for that sort of a thing. But I think to start things off, it will be a digital product. So yes. uh, to start, it'll be uh, just an emailed pattern. Um, and then some support materials and a community that people can sort of share their work in. But um, how exciting! Certainly, yeah, and certainly down the track, would love to look more into the kits and things, and and possibly at least locally for people here, we'll be able to offer something. That's great. Well, we look forward yeah. to hearing more about that, and I'll be sure to share um, links to your various websites, etc. Um, in the show notes. Now, you also have an Etsy shop, right? Is that the best place for people to find, you know, your patterns and other things? It certainly is. Yes. I've got just the Etsy store currently. I, I really like that platform and I really like the way that it can showcase all of your projects in one place. So that's certainly the best place to buy my downloadable patterns. And what is the name of your Etsy shop? My Etsy store is just Molly and Mama. So and all Mama. of the... Yeah, all of the um, social media or store or website handles, everything is Molly and Mama. So, How fun. So obviously Molly is the daughter, yes? No, no. So Molly is my, was my grandmother, my mum's mum. And um, so she, she was the most wonderful woman and uh, she just loved, she was English and she just loved baking and gardening and crafting and sewing and knitting. And so every time I would go there to visit, she would introduce me to something new that was creative. Um, and obviously she taught uh, her daughter, my mum, uh, a lot of things as well. So my kids call my mum Mama as uh, instead of, okay. you know, Grandma or Nan. Um, so I named my business Molly and Mama after those two amazing women. I love that. Well, I'm so glad I asked that question and didn't just keep on with my assumption. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. Fantastic. Well, before we go, I always like to ask my guests if they have a little nugget of wisdom or lore that they have learned that they like to share with our listeners. 
I think for me it would just be uh, don't follow the trends. I know where you will see things on social media where people are releasing new fabrics and beautiful new things and while using all those things is beautiful, sometimes we get a little bit caught up with wanting things to be perfect or wanting things to look exactly like someone else has made it. Um, And I think that it's just really important to follow what you love So using fabrics and colours, designs and prints that you really enjoy, working with those things that really excite you. Because if you are excited by a project, uh, you'll be motivated and um, to finish it and to enjoy the process of working on it because you're loving what you're working with. So true. I love that. Well, I will take that to heart because, you know, I am one who does get caught up in all the, the pretty fabrics. I admire so many different things. I don't have as as defined a style as you do. And so all kinds of things I'm a bit, yeah, scattered in my appeal. <laughs> so thanks for sharing that. I'll try to rein myself in. Well, thank you so very much for taking the time to visit. It's been a, a, a lovely call from the other side of the world. It has been wonderful to chat to you, Susan. So thank you so much for having me on your show today. Thanks again, and we'll talk again. Thanks. Bye. And thank you for tuning in to the show. If you enjoyed this podcast, do consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice. It really helps other listeners to find the show so they can hear these stories too. Plus, I'd love to hear from listeners who'd like to nominate a crafter with a story to tell. Email me at info at stitchedbysusan.com and don't forget to CC the nominee. So until next time, may your sorrows be patched and your joys be quilted.